This is Masonic Muscle, where we explore the mysterious origins, history, traditions, and symbols of Freemasonry, while at the same time encouraging brethren to increase their level of fitness one degree at a time, strengthening your body, mind, and soul, and getting an awesome mental, muscular, and spiritual pump. We give you more light, but no light waits. If this is your first time listening and you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the podcast. And then wherever you listen to it, go and give us a rating. We are on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Instagram at Masonic Muscle. And if you want to write to me and tell me what you think, what you don't think, you don't care, you do care, or uh, some idea that you may have, uh, you can write to me. You can reach me at MasonicMuscle357 at gmail.com. And I want to get to it right away. And uh, the first thing I want to do is acknowledge uh, one particular brother. There's a, there's a few out there, and I'm going to begin to you know, address you one by one. And so... The first one is Cliff. Cliff, I don't know your last name, and I don't even know if you want me to say your last name, but if you do, write to me. You got my email address. You've been writing to me, and he is from Endicott, New York, out of Round Hill Lodge, and I don't know his number, but he's written to me several times, and hey, shout out to you, Cliff. You've been out there. You said it's cold, uh, and uh, you've got some excellent exercise routines. And you've gotten some uh, pretty good ideas from listening to these podcasts. And it's helped you with your memory work, you said. And that's pretty cool because exercise does clear the mind. That's one of the many, many benefits of exercising. And one of the things I remember, he, he said that uh, he tried the Hindu squats, uh, Hindu squat workout. He was sore. He said he was feeling it. So that was, that was pretty good. Uh, what he wants to know, he has a question, though. He wants to know how I would use the 24-inch gauge and the common gavel for a workout. Good question. And what I'm going to share with you is today just one, and I'm going to, there's 24-inch gauge, and I'm going to combine it with what I read a few years ago from a book by W.L. Wilmhurst, The Ceremony of Initiation, and it revisited by Robert Lomas. And in it, he says this, it is one thing to advise you what to do to promote your advancement but by now you must have been wondering how you do it this is why the ritual gives you guidance on self-discipline and self-improvement which are referred to as working tools there are three working tools and their mystical significance was explained on their presentation they are not just emblems to be ignored or forgotten they represent duties that are essential to your Masonic progress, and you are intended to use them daily. The measuring gauge, or the 24-inch gauge, gauge, helps you allocate your time to the performance of three distinct duties. They do not involve equal expenditure of time, but each duty has equal value. Did you get that, brethren? Did you get that? Because when brethren normally talk about the 24-inch gauge, you know, hey, how come you haven't been showing up to lodge, man? What's what's up? But what are you doing? And well, you know, I got bills to pay, you know, my wife, my girl, you know, whatever it is. And someone's going to say, well, you know, you got to learn how to use a 24-inch gauge, you know, and you got to, uh, you know, divide it equally. But Wilmers is saying no. 
He's saying they do not involve equal expenditure of time, but each duty has equal value. He goes on to say it teaches a duty to work with a divine plan of the great architect and to study spiritual things, a duty to yourself to satisfy your material needs and take care of your family and an altruistic duty to those less happily placed than yourself. Together, these duties form an equilateral triangle, each of which is as important as the other two. Indeed, the equal-sided triangle is an ancient symbol of the deity. And if you see it as signifying that the divine plan, yourself and your neighbor form a unity, then you see how each part is, a necessary, is necessary to support to both the others. As a mason, you must find a way to balance your performance of these three duties to make them form a matched equal-sided triangle. You are expected to pay equal attention to spiritual matters, to yourself and to your neighbor. Remember, undue stress on any one of them will not maintain a true balance. That is why you are told that when giving altruistic help to your neighbor, you should not do so unless you can do it without detriment to yourself or your connections. When you first hear these words, they sound contrary to the spirit of self-sacrifice, but there is great wisdom in them. You can only serve and help another if you have first made yourself competent to serve. Self-love is not so vile a sin as self-neglect, as Shakespeare says. There are many people who fail to improve themselves, but try to improve others. Selfishness will disappear if your devotion is habitually accorded to what is higher than yourself. And that, in turn, will qualify you to help your neighbor. As you progress, you will learn of other working tools and other degrees, but they will not help you if you do not start by using those of the first degree. You are advised to pay attention to them until their performance becomes automatic, and you will find your education greatly helped if you make time for a systematic reading of literature dealing with Masonic and related subjects. Reading is good prayer, says Brother Wilmhurst, provided... It is a kind, it is of a kind that helps your quest for light. Masonry is a work of the mind, brethren. So any study that helps to expand of your mental faculties is a working tool and opens fresh doors of perception for you. Now, let's go back. Because he said some crucial things which I think can be easily overlooked, but it didn't, you know, uh, it, it was very evident when I first read it and some other members of our lodge, when they got this book and they read that as well. And it, you know, the 24 inch gauge, they do not involve equal expenditure of time, but each duty has equal value. So how would I use the 24 inch gauge to a workout brother, uh, cliff? Well, um, as, Brother Wilmer said, you know, you got to devote a certain amount of intent, of effort, of commitment to whatever it is you're trying to do. So if you're trying to bulk up, if you're, or if you're trying to get shredded, you're trying to lose weight, gain weight, whatever, then you're going to have to focus on that. And it's, and it's going to, from the people looking outside in, it's going to look unbalanced. Like, hey, why are you focusing so much on that? Well, that's because you have to give that value, time and effort and commitment and concentration to what you're trying to do, right? If you want to build 
stronger legs, well, you're going to have to focus on that just a little bit more than the rest. So there is no real balance, right? Uh, when, when it comes to the gym, if you're weak, you know, in your bench press or you're weak in your squats or you're weak in your pull-ups, then you're going to have to spend more time making that, making those muscles stronger so that you can finally perform one pull-up or two pull-ups or three pull-ups. And it's going to take time. So, so the 24 inch gauge, when it's applied like that, like W L Wilmhurst said, then you are applying it correctly according to the spiritual interpretation of the working tools. They do not involve equal expenditure of time, but each duty has equal value. So what are you valuing? What, what is a greater health? You know, you, you want to lower your cholesterol. You want to lower your blood pressure, uh, you know, reduce the amount of calories that you're taking in. What, what is it? And then apply it that way. And he, you know, W.L. Wilmhurst and the lodge that he created, the Lodge of Livingstones, highly spiritual. They practice a spiritual Freemasonry as brother, as I and brother Christopher Earnshaw, who I just had on recently, just talking about the possible Chinese origins of Freemasonry and a lot of the symbols and philosophy that are that are embedded in the ritual. He talked about this as well. He talked about the Lodge of Livingstones and and the importance of a spiritual practice within the lodge. This is lost a lot of times. And what happens when you begin to work out? What happens when you run for a while, you walk for a while, or you just had an intense workout and you're, you're zoned in? It's like otherworldly. And it's almost as if you're out of your body and you're not even doing it. You're, you're, just, you're just performing. So it becomes somewhat of like a, a spiritual thing. Something happens, something very special, something very uh, powerful if you pay attention. And so your mind clears your thoughts are focused and steady and you're, you're laser focused. So brother Cliff, I hope that helped. I hope that, uh, you know, uh, answered some of your question. I'm going to, I'm going to work on using the common gavel, but the common gavel, how do you work it? You know, how do you use that for your workout? Maybe we can address that right now. Well, the common gavel, what is it? According to the installation ceremony of California, and I think they're all pretty similar I'm not sure. I haven't done a research, but uh, in here in California, which is open to the public, it's you can read it. You can find a copy online and you can read the installation ceremony. When it comes to describing the gavel, it describes it as a symbol and, and uh, as an object, a symbol of authority and power, <clears throat> but also, uh, you know, of subjugation. It's also a tool that can be used to build or destroy. <clears throat> excuse me if you use a common gavel to build which is what we're supposed to be doing if, if we're working out if, you know my friend always says if we were born to build ourselves up not to find ourselves and that falls in line with the philosophy of freemasonry because we're supposed to be builders builders of what you know oh well builders of character and you know builders of souls and builders of minds and I, you, you get the picture. Well, you need tools. You need working tools for that. And the gavel is one of the tools that we have been given. Well, you use the gavel to chip away at the rough and superfluous parts of, 
of your stone of your rough ashlar and isn't that you see the picture you go online and you see the picture of the man like chiseling himself out of a piece of stone very applicable to what we're talking about here so you use the gavel as a symbol first of all to begin to focus your energies on what you want to chip away you know i talk about our two pillars our legs because because of uh you know as an athlete uh, whatever team i was on i was either one of the fastest or the fastest in the team and then uh recently when i got injured and i needed knee surgery this brought to light you know the importance of my two pillars and how much it affects someone to not be able to walk right walk with the limp and coming from a you know a a a proud uh mentality that hey man i'm I, if i if i got to run and get out of here and, and flee to safety i can do it now all of a sudden i can't so you know the two pillars are very important the two pillars of man so what would you do how would i apply the common gavel symbolically right allegorically to the building of my legs the building back the strength of my knee of my ankles of my hips because everything goes out of whack when you have an injury and you're limping and you're favoring one side more than another you know, everything begins to get you know shifted to that side now one side is overcompensating for the other so how would i apply the common gavel that's how that's how i would begin to formulate i would take the gavel symbolically in my mind and i would begin to chisel out a workout that would be conducive to re-strengthening my knees and my whole lower body so that it's equally balanced once again will my knee be 100% no uh, it will never be can i get it up to you know, 80 90% yeah in, in time and i'm going to do that by applying mentally and allegorically symbolically the gavel to formulating this workout chiseling this workout out and there it is brother brother cliff you know who you are give me a shout out Send me another email. I appreciate it. I'm going to be sharing more with you guys as time goes on. There's more brothers that have been uh, uh, writing to me and asking me questions about that. I appreciate it. Keep listening. Keep sharing this podcast with whoever you think will benefit from it. And let's continue to chip away at our own rough asters because we're all rough. All of us are rough. And we can use a little bit more education. We can use a little bit more time in the dungeon as well, working shit out in, in our heads as we hit the weights hard and push each other. And you know when you're pushing hard. Nobody has to be there to see that. You know when. And that's when you really begin to make a huge difference uh, and you begin to make these huge strides of improvement is that when nobody else is looking, you're still pushing hard and you know it. This is Masonic Muscle. Keep getting out there and keep getting it. Just like C.T. Fletcher, just like Iron Wolf, Burpees King, Cali Muscle, the Strength Cartel, and all these other people that I follow that keep pushing me to keep getting out there every day. Do something different. Walk, weight lift, burpees. You know, do what you can. Continue to improve and get that, that uh, the, our most important muscle, right? Or, because we have two very important muscles. One of them is our heart. We got to get that blood circulating. The other one is our brain, our Masonic muscle. How are you 
increasing your Masonic muscle, brethren? Are you reading something? Are you getting out there and talking to other brothers and try to initiate a conversation that's stimulating, that can go this way or that way, and you can learn, uh, you can uh, share with others what you've learned, but when it comes time, you can shut the hell up and listen to others and learn from them, because there comes a time where even, even the teacher has to sit down and learn from the students, just like John Taylor Gatto said in the Ultimate History Lesson. Peace out. Go out and get some.